amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Blog Talk Radio. I'm sorry, guys, call me drinking. Wakusu, wake up, king up, stand up. All powers to oppress people. African power to an African people. It's your brother, Chairman Yang and Kruma, People's Black Panther Party for Self-Determination. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Trying to drink before the program. Listen, it's been a minute since I've been with you. It's good to be back. And I didn't even want to come back by myself. Hosting with me, a co-hosting with me. Uh, tonight is our National Director of Operations, Sister Seven. Peace, Sister Seven. Greetings. How you doing? I'm well. I'm well. Thank you for joining us tonight. Awesome, especially on this topic. We we did We got to get to. Got to talk about. Got to got to do all that good stuff. So absolutely. Absolutely, man. Listen, absolutely. Listen, everybody. If you read the post, then you know what the topic's about. The topic is about black people and a possible war with Iran. What does this mean for black people? Uh, if you haven't, if you've been living under a rock and you're not hip to what's going on, President Trump um, had sanctioned the assassination of Iranian general of the Revolutionary Army Al-Quds Division, General Qasim Soleiman. Now, why is this a big thing? Uh, I can't remember exactly when the last time that America has assassinated a sitting and active general, a general that is actively participatory in a standing army. This is why this has been so major, let alone a nation like Iran with the strong allies and everything that Iran has. This could be a possible big to-do for America. But the question remains, what does that mean for us as black people? You know, here's, here's the thing that tickles me is, and this is why I say black people, are, we suffer from ambivalence like you wouldn't believe. We have these dual feelings inside of us that really need to be addressed. We are denizens of uh, one of the uh, uh, nations that has treated its people, or a nation that has treated its people probably some of the worst in history. You know, I mean, there's no history bears witness to the atrocities that this country, America, has put us through. And then when things like this happen, we see this surge of uh, patriotism amongst black people. I mean, we get, you know, we go into this, we go into this thing. And it's a real thing we go into. People are really upset about this and not just upset, but concerned as to what this means to us. 
And even we'll go through the thing like it was. This is reminiscent of 9-11. When black people became so patriotic, not only were we flying flags on our car. Funny, funny antidote, too. Here's a funny side note. My mother was flying, riding around with a red, black, and green flag on her car. It was the most hilarious thing. But anyway, uh, and we were not only were we fly, running, riding around with flags on our car, but people were rushing to enlist. Black people were rushing to enlist. And it, it almost seems like that same sentiment is occurring again with black people. Is that a real sentiment? I mean, this is one of the first questions. We are black Africans here in America. We are black nationalists. Should we be concerned or should we even have some sense of uh, patriotism? Seven, I'm a, you know what? I'm going to start off with that question. How do you feel about that? How do you feel about this? Serves this spark of patriotism that is uh, infecting Black Africans in America. Um, sure, start with the hard one. Start with the hard stuff. Start with the emotion. Start with all of that. Um, we are a passionate people, and so when things occur in our families, in our communities, we get passionate about it. We want to feel things. We want to express ourselves. And and we're going to rally and it, no, but then as we're in this emotional state, we're forgetting some of the facts. We're forgetting that some of our black vets don't have what they need, and they've already done the fighting, let alone those that are signing up for it. So I've seen it before. It doesn't last enough. Uh, it's not you know it, it's it's really you know it's it's hard to show passion for somebody who really don't love you like that. And I think sometimes we forget that. We want to be included. We want to be part of, we want to be part of the America that is quote, unquote, made great. And we, you know, want to have our tickets in that number. And we don't, we're not included in that. Time and time again, America has shown you are part of America as long as it's serving us. As long as it benefits us, of course, we'll allow you to enlist. We need you now, you know, and, but without the the guarantee of anything on the back end, okay? But we're so emotional. We're so wrapped up. You know, we are, we've been brainwashed, and we're following suit. And um, I'm not surprised to see that. I remember 9-11. It was scary. It was unbelievable. The loss of life was unreal. And um, growing up in America, I'm not accustomed to that level of battlefield in my backyard. I'm not accustomed to seeing, you know, bodies thrown about, and I, that was not part of my reality. And so it changed me after 9-11. But at no time did I forget where I was and who I was while I was there. You know, America is real good about reminding you who you are. If you have any questions, go to a courthouse. Go to well, a hospital. Yeah. Go to these other places where they constantly are letting you know you're not full American, you're a part of the America. You know, you're not full American now. You don't get all the benefits everybody else does. Right. I you know what, you said something that was interesting though. And I agree with that. When something tragic happens, um, a lot of us we get caught up in the emotion and we jump on the bandwagon. Some of it I would say is really is our misunderstanding, our connection to America. I mean, hell, listen, I'm from here. There's no way in the hell I would want to see someone perpetrate a crime against America that would cause unnecessary loss of life and destruction to innocent civilians. Someone in a mall and some freaking nut wants to plant some device that would cause major devastation and destruction. I am totally against that, totally against that. Even though America hasn't been my friend, this white man has clearly and openly declared war with me as a black man. I still would not allow, I, I align myself, ally myself with people who would use um, unsavory measures and tactics to strike terror in the hearts of non-combatants. Let me say that. I don't care what side you're on. I'm just not with that. I know I may have a lot of black people that disagree with that. Well, brother, any means necessary. Hey, we can let's agree to disagree on this point. I'm not with that. But what I will say is I think a lot of black people 
get caught up in that sentiment because like you like people have heard me say, no one wants to be the nigger. You know? So when white people are angry with someone else, we're quick to jump on white people's side. We're so happy that them them crackers are not looking in our direction. We will jump on their side. They, a Persian ain't done nothing to you. Ain't, ain't never had a Persian do something to you. And, you know, because white people have turned, white people have turned the attention from you. White people have turned the attention from you. Then we jump on that side. Right, right. Yeah, we, we also have to realize some of this is not a side thing. But part of the problem with the whole Iran situation is there are religious undertones there. There are people, you know, there. so we now have um, different religions battling each other, and then people get super passionate about it because they feel as if, you know, they're back in the Crusades days and they're going to fight for this religion. But in America, America is a melting pot, so we can't be over nowhere fighting nobody about a religion when we have stated part of the wonderful things about America um, is that you are allowed to have and select your own religion. So we can't sit back and say, um, no, you can't, you, you know, we can have our own religion, but they can't have theirs, you know. So some of this is political, some of this is economic, and some of this is religion. And so what happens is people will emphasize where you are, you know, so if you're a religious person, they're going to emphasize the religion. If you're yep. an economic person, they're going to emphasize the economics. They're going to do all those things to get you to buy in to something that is clearly wrong, but you know, buying into something that has nothing to do with us, nothing to do with us. America needs to go mind their business and go sit down. And so, um, but they'll try to get you. And they'll get you on that whole idea of militant, militant, religious, or economic. Like you said, it's going to be something in it for everybody. Black people would find anything in it for them because I, you know, I stick by and stand by. They don't want to be associated and affiliated with black. You know, so when the um, tide turns. You know, when, 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 when their major enemy or when their major oppressor turns their eye on someone else, we're quick to jump on that side and want to kick someone else in the ass for attempting to practice self-determination. That's the other thing. I want to say this. You know, um, about this, this, this general, uh, General Qasem Suleiman, I don't know him personally. I'm not here to defend, I'm not here to defend his character. But... You know, I, I, I get upset when uh, people insult my common sense. Now, they one of the crimes that they uh, accuse the general of, or one of the things that they are constantly mentioning, mentioning to justify murdering him is that he was behind the, the, the killings of American soldiers and he was the ideological force out of inspirational uh, um, drive behind Al Quds or the Revolutionary Guard and things of this nature. Okay, you know, and and any loss of life is a, a misfortune. Any loss of life is unfortunate. But let's be realistic. You're talking about a general of an army, and in war, that's what happens. You lose lives. I don't think that they are holding General Patton on charges. I don't think that they're holding. You know, I don't think that. They would have a fit if someone bombed a United States military general. Right, right. And you know what I'm because saying? To say, oh, he was this monster, huh? Because because of his job, you know what I'm saying? Right. Because of his job, because of his rank, we're gonna bomb you. You know exactly. How did it get that personal? How did it get that personal? That's exactly. So you know, there's something in the water. And then two, I tell black people, watch the hypocrisy. You're accusing this person of doing all these things or having sponsored it or whatever the charges are. But, you know, when does white America hold itself accountable for, for its criminal acts against indigenous people and enslaved Africans? And yeah. now just the criminal acts against its uh, so-called citizens. 
When does it begin to hold itself accountable? How is it that you can hold the world to one standard, even to the point where you, you feel like it's worthy of murder, and I, you don't even slap, you won't even apologize for slavery, let alone some type of reparation. You won't even acknowledge the crime in it. The hypocrisy is, man, is, is you know, astonishing. That's just to and, say the least. And that's part of the problem. The, the double standard, the triple standard, you know, and you're talking about slavery. I'm talking about Flint doesn't have clean water. I'm talking about um, the pipeline that they have been forcing and disrespecting the Native Americans in, in their whole process and, and practice of life with this pipeline. I'm talking about the ecological destructions that we have. If you look at any one of our activities, you would say, America, you are guilty of this, this, and this, because I've seen you do it to your people. So how in the world did we get to become judge and jury of a whole nother land when we have our own situations over here to worry with, you know, and I can, and I cannot defend this general. I don't know enough, but I do know that we have some situations here, police brutality. Um, we still got black on black crime. We have this drug on war, war on drugs. We have opioid, opioid uh, crises. We have enough here where we can be spending time and energy here correcting ourselves before we go out and correct somebody else. Absolutely. 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 And that's the whole thing. So let me ask you this. You know, we're talking about this war. People are up in arms. There's concern. You know, um, how do you think this will affect black Americans here directly or indirectly? How do you think it will affect this period? Uh, I've seen a lot of cute memes and, and black people like, hey, we're not part of that, okay? that That's not our understanding. Um, and so I, I know it will impact us greatly. Unfortunately, you know, I have two sons. I don't want to draft, okay? I, I, I have a family already enlisted in the military. I don't want a war. Um, we, we have, as a, a collective, a large population of African Americans that would be considered front line. So having a war is, of course, not what I'm looking for at all. So, um, you know, for me, war is, is a personal loss of life, and it's a personal um, travesty within our community because our community has suffered so much in other places. So, no, I, I'm, I'm very anti-war. I am, um, especially when we're talking about ills over in other countries when we have some things to worry about here. So um, I'm against the war. I'm against anything that's going to lead to massive loss of life. I know that they're going to put our brown and black babies up on the front line, and, and the majority of those losses will be from our community. Um, and, you know, we have mass incarceration. We have so many other things that pull our young people out of the homes before they're even able to help and contribute to these households. So the last thing I want is to have something like that occur. So I think we have to be very honest and realistic about how it does impact our families. We don't need our children ushered away in drafts. We don't need our males, you know, more reasons for our males not to be home with their families. Um, the war last time took the women out of the house 100%. You know, the women are already out of the house, so who's with the children? So, I mean, it has so many impacts to our community, and we're fighting a war with the knowledge now. We now know when you come back, there ain't going to be no benefits for you. When you come back, should you have a medical issue, you may not get the support to support your medical um, issue. Agent Orange was real. I was, you know, I, I remember watching this on the news, and I remember the troops coming back and the issues that they had and how these issues weren't taken seriously because they impacted the wrong community. So, you know, we need to get real, real serious. We need to get real educated, and we need to find out what we need to do to make sure this does not turn into a war. Because when we tell you about our Middle Eastern philosophies, their old age is 25. 
they they don't have the same relationship yeah. with life that we do, okay? They don't have those same things where they want to live or they even expect to live. So, you know, we have to be real honest about do you want to fight with people that have nothing to lose? I feel, One of the reasons I don't want war is because I do have something to lose. <laughs> I, I have I have children. I have you, family. I, I got something yeah. to lose. Do you well, want you know to fight with someone who has nothing to lose? And the answer is yeah. no. Well, you know what? Times have changed so much. To go back to one of the things you were saying about the Army, you know, times have changed so much, man. I remember the Army used to be an out for black people. Yeah. I got a, I got yeah, listen, Negroes, I'm sorry. I got something for you. The Army is not out like that anymore. They're, we're getting so digitized and, and, and technical and all of this robotic and type stuff that the Army looks like video games now. You know what I'm saying? I mean, and I think that this is a problem. I don't want to digress, but this is one of the problems because I think it leads to a, a form of detachment to the to the human element. Absolutely. You know, uh, and then... And then uh, I forgot my my other thing. And then uh, here I come. But take it over for me. I'm trying to handle a lot of things. Listen, listen, audience. I'm on the road. I'm trying to do a couple things at one time. Um, so just talk for a moment. I'm gonna jump right back in. Okay. Hope that he jumps back in. He don't need to let me take over a militant show because I have my own thoughts and opinions. But before I get too deep into mine, I wanted to remind everybody that this is the People's Black Panther Party on doing radio. And if you want to join into the conversation, all you have to do is press 1. That lets me know here on the switchboard that you would like to join us. Um, you know, we're talking about what this war, what a war with Iran would mean for black people. And I wish the answer was nothing. I wish we could say, oh, well, I didn't vote for the war and they didn't ask me about the war. And I don't really want a war, so um, go ahead and cancel my subscription. But it's not that simple. It is 100% going to impact us. Anything that affects our military and understanding how many African Americans, especially on that front line, are, are in the military, we have to really see and think about what that means for us. And it's not a pretty picture. You know, we also have to stop and think, are we really educated enough about the political process as to how this was even allowed? You know, we, we have to really stop and think, okay, you know, if we didn't sanction this, no bills were passed, we didn't have an ongoing the, uh, problem with them, how did this happen and why? I remember speaking with my youngest child, and I was telling him, um, we have no, this is an election year. You know, how much of this is just political hoopla that Trump has in, in place so that he doesn't lose his, um, his upcoming election or whatever? So, unfortunately, we can't even say that all of the intentions and, and all of the work that has been put into this is really about this general or is really about Iran. All of this could be political to stay in office. You know, we have to understand that in wartime, presidents can't be removed from the office that they hold. A lot of people don't know that. So people are expecting, okay, you got to teach. All right, you're going to leave. And then he does something that puts him in a position where he can't be removed from office. You know, there's so much about this political education that people don't understand that if you were to look at, you would see why this bombing is looking less and less like um, – a human factor, a human, a humanitarian effort, and it's looking a whole lot more like a political effort and political agendas. So we have to really, really start to recognize and see what's going on because they're going to tell us that it's roses, but when it stinks, it's not roses, okay? So we have to really, really begin to, to understand that. And I'm sitting here explaining this to my 14-year-old. We have to really allow... We have to really allow not just ourselves to be educated, but our children to be educated because they'll grow up. He'll think that they were bombed because they did something wrong. They were bombed because there's a political agenda at bay, and we're trying to get this political agenda in place. So we have to begin to, and to stop the impeachment, to guarantee his success. Also, what people don't know is that wars make money. There is an economic aspect to war. 
we're making bullets, we're making um, helmets, we're making this, we're making that. It's amazing, and I know this personally from someone in the military, that there are tons of private contractors that do all of this work for the military. And what the private contractors don't do are men and women incarcerated do. So war makes money for our government. And so, you know, we never know. We can't sit back and say uh, the humanitarian efforts because I haven't seen America give no money over to Daggone Puerto Rico, <laughs> and they're part of us, okay? So, yeah, you know, absolutely. You think about what we have really been doing. Now, I'm a, you know what? <laughs> okay. <laughs> what have you seen America be um, 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 humanitarian about? When Haiti had the earthquake, no. Right. Puerto Rico had right. the hurricane, no. Thomas, no. We are not humanitarian. The only time we're humanitarian is when we're dropping bombs. You got to stop yeah. and think about some of the agendas that. Now, I'm going to tell you, I, I here's my whole thing on war, and I think that everyone's going to be fooled. I think Iran's going to fool a lot of people. Um, you know, like we see through what's going on. I've, I've heard a lot of people say, I think I've even heard newscasters allude to, if not outright say, they feel like this is a diversionary tactic. They feel like this is a distraction. Maybe possibly you were talking earlier about the importance of political education, maybe possibly trying to issue in wartime so that we can stab off the impeachment uh, and even the, the whole um, electoral process. Exactly. You know, um, quite possibly there. Here's what I think is going to happen. I think there's going to be an interesting twist. I don't think it's going to go as people think. I think that there is a lot of back-channeling happening right now especially out of the Democratic Party, especially uh, with more uh, liberals and dip uh, uh, diplomatic types, really talking to Iran and like, yo, hold off. We're going to get rid of this guy in a year. If you react, we'll never get rid of that guy. This night. In fact, I believe they're telling him so much. If you hold off, not only will we give you back what President Obama had begun to give you with your nuclear reaction programs, but, you know, we'll give you something else. I think what this does is with America doing this and, and Trump sanctioning this, I think it actually gave Iran a larger bargaining chip on the table. You know, I, I think it got, uh, gave them a larger – I don't think they're going to do anything within the year to uh, keep – I think that they have people over here that understand politics, read the political climate, understand um, – the people's, the masses of people's disapproval with uh, President Trump at this time, and I think they're going to play it along that line. I don't think they're going to. I honestly don't think they're going to fall into it. I think, and 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 you said something that was interesting about the Middle East and the importance to know that we're not dealing with just Arabs here. These are Persians. Very big difference. Very big difference in Arabs and Persians. Here's my personal understanding of the difference, and just in my uh, limited having dealt with them. Arabs, yeah, and I'm going to have some Arabs out there, man. Who did you see this? I said it. That's right. Get Love. mad if you want to. I, You know, I feel like you Arabs are crybabies. I feel like you Arabs are still beating your chest to be recognized on the world stage. This is why you do the dumbest shit stuff. Excuse me, family show. Uh, do the dumbest things and attribute it to God. I think it is a cry for an attention. You know, you're, you're, you're babies. You're babies. You're so babyish. And so immature, just backwards, that you would do the most devilment or some of the most devilment almost equal, if not surpassing uh, the European here in America and his atrocities and her atrocities against the people. But you're so devilish that not only will you do these uh, demonic things, you will attribute them to God. Bismillah, in the name of God. You are terrible, you terrible boy. I'm trying to... 2020, I'm trying to really work on precision of language. Now, the Persian, in my opinion, of course, in studying the Persian, the Persian has a, a rich, solid history even before the advent of Islam. Even before Islam, when you study the Persian history, it goes back, and it is rich, and it is replete with conquest and, and, and uh, victories and just 
mathematics and science and the contributions to civilization. Study Persian history. So when you're dealing with you're dealing with a people that has a history, so time is one of the factors that they've learned to deal with. They've learned to deal with time. Secondly, I totally agree with like what Seven said. You're dealing with a people. America is what? How old is America? What? Eight hundred? I don't even think America is a thousand years old. Is America a thousand yet? I'm not sure. <laughs> okay, I don't even think America is a thousand. I know it's not two thousand years old. But you're dealing with a people with a history twenties and thirty thousands of years type thing going on. You know, listen, don't quote me on that. It's not actual, factual, actual, factual, scientific. Don't be over researchers and we only been on the planet, all of that. Miss me with it. You get my point. The point is saying that you're dealing with a people that don't suffer, in my opinion, from an insecurity complex. You know, so I think all with all of these things taken in consideration, I think uh, the Iranians are going to surprise everybody and it not be. What people are thinking. I think that they're going to use this as a powerful bargaining tip, chip. Uh, I think that people with a little more sanity outside of the, the current administration understand the significance of destabilizing the freaking Middle East. You know what I'm saying? With this move, like I said, this is not some Arab nation pandering and catering to America like the Sauds, Saudi Arabia, and these other bootlicking Arab nations, this is not one of those people. And they have allies, you see. So we understand what a war with, you know, why, this is what I had explained to black people. Oh, is it going to be a war over here? And first of all, it's like what you said, Seven. You know, it's been a minute since the battlefield has touched home, home ground. So I, you know, I'm kind of still not really feeling that as a major threat to me especially with the increase of security in this homeland stuff. Hell, you can't even, they're listening to this program, and if I say something wrong, they'll come and get me. So it would be hard to carry something off to that time. But our interests over in the Middle East, the so-called, not our interests, y'all forgive me, America's interest in the Middle East, I think will be jeopardized. But I, like I said there again, I think this is where the Iranians are going to fool a lot of people. I think they're going to show restraint. And I think they're going to use this as a bargaining chip when this administration changes over um, to uh, use it as a bargaining chip chip to uh, for America's interest in the Middle East. Now that's my mm-hmm. take on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it depends. It depends if your mind, if the mind wins out or if the emotions win. You know, if that would make logical sense, what you just said makes sense. I'm gonna take this to the UN. I'm gonna tell the UN, hey, look. I mean, treated unfairly, they came and they bombed us, they did this, they did that, and the U.N. will say, okay, look here, America, you can't run around bombing people for no reason, and then there'll be, there'll be consequences. Of I don't even think the U.N. I don't think the U.N. But, I think the U.N. has become a problem. That's one scenario. Mm-hmm. Leadership can say, look, you hit me, I hit you. You know, I mean, it, it can be that simple, you know, unfortunately. And like I said, you have to also depend on what they have to win and lose. Do they win more by holding or do they win more by hitting, you know? not And not even a hit to, to try to take out anything. You know, I don't think that they have intentions on destroying America. Um, if anything, it would be to prove a point that you just can't run around bombing people. But, you know, um, you have to understand we don't know what's going to play. If logic is going to play out and reason is going to play out, or are we going to be in this big machismo, you know, hit for hit situation, and then we have nothing. We have nothing but, you know, bodies piling up. You know what I'm saying? And so it can go either way. You know, I wish I could get comfortable saying it won't come home. I would love that, you know, but there's no guarantee on yeah, I mean, there's ne- there's never any guarantee of war. There's never right. any guarantee of war. You know, it could go either way. Just studying the history of Iran from the Shah to the Ayatollah, and you see a very patient, calculating people, you know, and I just don't see um, with, 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 with what they're trying to accomplish. You know, right now, you're right. I think that they have to put something out to appease the people. I think they have to let their people know, yo, this is going to go answered for. You're leading a nation. You can't allow your people to think a nation has hit us and we don't retaliate back. 
or, or that there won't be some form of retaliation. But I don't think they've become a nation from being – I think that this is a picture America is painting. I think America is notorious for that. Part of creating a cult is having an outside enemy. Before it was Islam, before it was the Muslim nations, it was communism. And after the fall, the so-called fall of the Soviet Union, uh, the USSR, USSR, then uh, Islam became the enemy. Anything right. Islamic. I think America has to do this. This is, you know, to take the eye away from America's tyranny, America's uh, atrocities committed around the world, or their endorsement and supporting people who govern through uh, a, a, a debt postism and, 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 and things of this nature. So I think that they're overhyping. I think that they're overhyping and putting these images out here. And one of the things they do to do that is that's to dehumanize, to criminalize the people that they want to destroy. You know what I'm saying? They, you know, they, they, they show you these people that allegedly have this hatred for you and death to America. And, all and then, you know, especially for black people with no identity, we get caught up in that. You know what I'm saying? And then we get start panicking and shit. We start doing like uh, white folks. Now, what I, what, now I'm going to tell you who I, I am concerned for. While mm-hmm. these so-called Americans are running around, not really concerned for them in the sense of their physical. I mean, you know, listen, I'm cold, y'all. Sometimes I'm such a black nationalist. Sometimes I'm like, ah, okay. And, you know, uh, is going to be the Iranian Americans. America has shown, due to her powerful propaganda machine, that when they go to war with people in the Middle East, her Middle Eastern citizens are the most likely to be attacked and brutalized. During 9-11, everybody's worried about these attacks. It was the Arab and Muslim uh, people that were attacked. If, even the, Listen, America is so racist in its sentiment that they were even attacking Hindu skis because they had turbans. These people, <laughs> I was watching the news. I haven't seen one ski came on. It was like, I'm not even a Muslim. You know, this is the sentiment of America. And this is what I think is dangerous with all the images that America is showing, that you will have these Yahoo crackers go out and perpetrate violence against uh, Middle Eastern American citizens. And unfortunately, you will have some of these colonized Uncle Tom, handkerchief head, buck dancing, bootlicking Negroes, uh, emulating their master and going out doing similar. Mm-hmm. That's who I would be. If I was an Iranian American, I'd be concerned for my damn life. Yeah. Yep. I, I remember, um, and and you may know, the audience may know, they may not know, but my mother wears a traditional headpiece. She has always worn her traditional headpiece for as long as I've been living, almost 50 years. And I remember after 9-11, I was like, for safety reasons, is it time to let that go? Is it time to possibly, you know, not have on your religious headpiece for safety reasons? And, of course, she being a black nationalist and, and not being afraid of nothing, she she fussed with me. How dare you? Blah blah blah. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm talking about safety. I'm talking about a woman. I'm talking about right. you know, you're already African American, so they already don't necessarily have to. They don't feel accountable and responsible for your welfare. So we're adding a turban on top of that. I'm just saying, let's can we think about this? And of course, the answer is no. Um, but Absolutely. I remember that time the amount of violence in those neighborhoods and in those communities um, from people that were honestly American citizens, you know? So it's like, do you ever really become an American citizen or will they just give you additional, some additional rights, but do you always, will you always be that outcast? Man, not unless you're European. During World War II, America had an American Nazi party. They had a German fund over here, the American Nazi Party. But during the Japanese war, when they, they had Japanese internment camps for Japanese Americans, you yes, know, um, like we said, 9-11, they beat Middle Eastern American citizens up. America yes. is founded on, this is what I tell people, because they change the laws doesn't change the sentiment of a people. You have to ask yourself what mentality existed that allowed um, something like slavery to continue. The... The that whole 
fiasco. What type of mentality? What type of sentiment? What type of, you know, people with ease that that was okay, that that was incorporated and adapted as an everyday part of life? Hell, they right. getting, this is what I'm telling black people. They got you running around, scared of some Iranians, panicking. Oh, war is coming. They bombed the general. When this beast, this devil, who murders and maims you every day, Tamir Rice, Mike Brown, uh, 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 Freddie Gray, um, man, please don't give me Sean Bell. Just I, we can, the, the, the names are endless. And they bomb, not the Iranians. America bombs kill someone yeah. and has you scared of them. I used yeah. to damn this thing. And we'll yeah. have you now, I, like I said, running across mu- black people who are hating Muslims. That mother, yeah. that Islam. That black, yeah. and taking it out on black Muslims. Yep. Yeah. How could you, you know, do this and do that? And I'm telling you, you're falling prey to America. There again, America propaganda. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? It's not. This is not a, a pro or con Iranian. Uh, huh? It's a machine, and it's set yeah. up to do exactly what it's doing. You know, it's a machine. They are set up to to consume, to divide, to elicit certain feelings. It is a machine that does exactly what it's supposed to do. Absolutely, and that's why I said this show isn't a pro or con Iranian show. It's about it's us as black Americans and our position nationally and internationally. See, we have to understand that regardless of how, and this is why I say that a political stance is not always the best stance because whether you involve yourself in politics or not, I'm always telling you politics involves you. Whether you're involved in politics, politics involves you, just from the very taxes you pay. But aside from me saying that, now look. The world is looking and wondering what is black Americans saying internationally. And you know that the international world is looking at you. That's why, like you had uh, made mention earlier, Seven, the memes are coming up. We ain't got nothing to do with this. I have a funny one I posted. Cat Williams said they have a picture of Cat Williams, and it says, uh, they say we bombed Iran. He said, we, I went to work and came home. So black people know. Black people don't. (laughs) So we don't want to be affiliated with no. uh, the crimes of America, but you can't have it both ways. You can't be apolitical, not get involved in politics, and then wonder why the international world looks at you like a, a flunky or a lackey. Why Africans and other people come over and say, you're, you're lazy, you're sorry, you're this. Not that that's accurate, because we know it isn't. We are some working people. We are prideful people. We are people with moral and ethics, and we love our family. But they're saying, how is it you're in the condition you're in? And one of the reasons we're in the condition we're in is because we're apolitical. We will work the hardest. We will make the most money. We will do all of that stuff and at the same time spend it with everybody, give it to everybody, and try to be everyone else, not be involved with anything that is advantageous for us, even our speaking out uh, uh, against or for what's going on. I Absolutely. just would like to see some more reaction, more reaction than just, I didn't want to use the word, I would like to see more action than just reaction. Absolutely. Absolutely. And But, you know, that comes with not truly understanding um, the, politica, the political agendas at, at mm-hmm. play right now. This comes from ignorance. It comes from most most fear is from ignorance. All ignorance is from fear. So when people, when you see people fearful, that's because they don't know something. They don't know what they can do. They don't know how to make changes. They don't know that changes can be made even right now. And how you operate your business, your your life. You know, I saw a great post. Um, one of my sisters said, "Look, don't have President Trump scared scaring you from your neighbors." You know, this, if this has been your neighbor and they've been cool, this doesn't mean they're uncool, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, we have to really begin to stop and think about what we're going to allow this reaction to be. Because our reaction can count for something right here, you know, because they're waiting to see a reaction. Yeah. Guaranteed yeah. they're waiting. Absolutely. Absolutely. They are waiting to see a reaction. And that's and, and I agree with that. Wholeheartedly, 
it's our reaction can let the world know where we stand on things. Exactly. Well, if we stand on something, okay? Because just like there's a machine that's working against the Iranian people, this machine is behind the black people either, okay? So, you know, we have to understand, you know, I don't understand how we get comfortable with our neighbor's house on fire. So, you know, we have to do more to make sure, number one, that this fire doesn't go nowhere. You know, we have yes. to really, really, you know, start to care about somebody that may not look like you, but, you know, the enemy of my enemy needs to be my friend at this moment, okay, because this is a situation, you know, until we're under the gun of this America, we, we need to have as many allies on our side as possible. Don't think that their enemies are your enemy. You know, we, we have to really start and think about what this all means to me right now. Right. And, and and let me say in the opposite in reverse too. You know, and I have to say that in reverse. We we this is why we have to practice self determination and put our best interest first. Because like you're saying, Seven, and I agree, everybody is not our enemy. We can't buy the hype. And at the same time we can't be so mad with our current enemy, with who is clearly our enemy, that we align ourselves with a worse enemy. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? That we get so, you know, so upset and want to see the demise of someone or want some get back for some for what they've done 475, 500 to 20 years type of thing that you align yourselves with people that will bring more detriment. That's right. More harm. That's right. You know, you know. this is a very real reality, okay? Yeah. We have to, you know, we have to stick with the reality of the situation, you know, Absolutely. and really start to, to – Pay attention to that. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. And this is what we're talking about, Black America. What is what is this war meaning? You listen to the People's Black Panther Party for self determination. I'm your chairman, Yang Nkrumah, uh, and co-hosting this week, which I'm so glad is our national directors of operations, Sister Seven, and I appreciate her for uh, co-hosting as I travel. You know how the revolutionaries do. We get down how we get down. Hadn't been with you guys in a moment, so it feels good to get back. And we're talking about the war in uh, Iran in these last couple minutes and what that means for black people. You know, we we hear a lot of things, the economic sanctions and all of the things that it could mean. Absolutely. Absolutely. But like I've always been telling black people, I say, come on, let's be realistic. And I hate to be that guy, uh, a, a prophet of doomsday type of thing going on. But black people here already, most, a lot of us live below the poverty level. We live in some unsavory conditions as is. And here's the, and we're the bottom of the totem. We are the bottom of the totem. And I tell people, I understand I live in the belly of the beast. So whatever the beast consumes, whatever comes into the belly, I'm going to be affected by. So this, this bombing the General Qasem Suleiman, yes, I'm going to be affected some kind of way, even if it affects the comp, uh, country, economy, and the country, and other things of this nature. But I say, here's... Being the bottom of the totem has pros and cons. One of the cons to being the bottom of the totem is when good things happen, you only get the sprinkle down. You get the crumbs from the table. So the problem with being the bottom of the totem. Now, what's the pros to being the bottom of the totem? When catastrophe hits, you get the sprinkle down. And, and, and economic, by the time we feel some type of economic change, a major economic change, should America be coming out of it? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> a lot of you black people out there listening don't know, Do you You do know we had went through a whole other depression. I'm not talking about the depression of FDR, Franklin Delano Roosevelt. We had went through another depression. There's black people who didn't even know we were going, well, man, stop playing. We went through a depression, bro? Yeah. yeah. We went through a depression. Yeah. I, listen, yeah. I'm just as shocked as a lot of you brothers because then the shit, it very rarely affected. I was still broke. I was like, damn! I thought we, I thought we, we, I didn't know we ever came out of a depression, type of thing, you know. So this is the realistic. Let us not buy the hype. But what we have to do, what I would suggest, I'm not gonna say what we have to do. One of the su- things that I suggest we do, not just nationally but internationally, look at everything that happens and say, how can this be used to affect Black people, positively and negatively. How can our enemies use this to affect us negatively, and how can we use this 
though it be an unfortunate event for someone, because remember, they're dehumanizing this person. Um, I happen to be, you know, fortunate enough to understand a little Arabic, so at times I can catch Al Jazeera's. And when you watch other news outlets, it's a different take. And the take that they have was he was a family man. They had his wife and his daughter. On It was a whole different take. You know, while they were parading pictures of the guy in a military uniform and he killed this, they had his daughter on there crying, his wife, people that loved and cared for. We tend to forget this was just like if someone had taken you out of the game. How yeah. many people around you for would be affected? Job. For your job. For your job. For the job yeah, for the job did. You know, right. absolutely. absolutely. Right. So how many yeah. people? So we, we tend to forget it. So like I said, we have to look at these things objectively. Uh, and like, you know, um, how does it affect us negatively and how does it affect us positively? And take control of the narration. Narration. We can't allow people to whip up our sentiments and have us in a frizzy, and now we waving flags and we hating all, you know, Middle Easterners and all of this type of stuff just because they finally this month, this week, this day labeled somebody else a nigger. Yes. Don't get caught up in that hate for hate's sake. Don't get caught up in hate for hate's sake. Do you understand? You know, just like what I'm doing, how do I turn it into positive for me? Yeah, I understand America is leery. They're concerned about what happened. But what I do is I try to point out the hypocrisy of America to black people and say, though I'm not telling you not to be concerned, though I'm not telling you, you can even have a, uh, uh, you may even quite possibly side with Trump. You may quite possibly feel like it was justified. Okay, we'll talk about that later. I have my opinion about that. But what I'm saying as a black person, a black nationalist, even if you feel that way, still ask them, where is the accountability for the crimes committed against black people in America? Say, hey, you know what, Trump, I agreed with you. I think that was the right thing. So where are the bombs for those people that have killed over 600 black Americans? Where is, and you know what, Trump? We don't even want a bomb. How about just a fair trial? How about some police going to jail for killing us? We didn't ask you to drop a bomb on anyone. We're just asking for due process. How about that? So even if you agree with what the president did, how about holding your president accountable for the crimes being committed against black America? That's all I'm saying. Absolutely. That's all I'm saying. You agree, Absolutely. sister? I do, 100%. Yeah. 100%. I mean, yeah. I don't know how we can go and, and demand for that type of accountability in other places, and we haven't done it at home first. Absolutely. I don't understand Absolutely. So, and we're not even asking for it to be that drastic. <laughs> we're not okay. saying, you know, we none of us have asked you take these officers. No, None of us have asked you take these officers lying or, or publicly anyway, you know. None of, us, none of us has publicly, you know, made that demand. But, you know, we haven't asked that you execute, murder, kill any of these right. officers. We're asking for due process. We're asking for time. Jeez. We've lost life. And even our compassion and our humane nature still isn't demanding the blood of these right. culprits. We're just saying, hey, can we get some time? Whereas you come around. With your extra Christian, we want an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. And when we scream that, you say, Jesus, turn the other cheek. Where's your compassion? And you find these Negroes. (laughs) You know. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. But it's so true. Same religion. I I, I thought it was anyway. Look, we do that so often that it sickens me. When it comes yeah. to having to be apologetic for other people and, oh, this person did you wrong, well, I forgive them. I'm like, you can forgive them. That's wonderful. But can we also ask for some accountability? Absolutely. Can we ask that they have to pay consequences? And so, Absolutely. you know, we have to do those things, okay? It can't just be we a matter to. of 
whatever. I forgive you. Now keep on hurting me. We have to stop that idea. You know, we, we have, have to stop it. Okay, you know, it's not okay. It's not okay. No. I, you know, I can forgive you, but I can't forget. You know, I, I really need you to put some other things in place. So listen, I, we, we we want the same standards that you hold to the world held to yourself. You say you bombed and killed this man because he constituted a threat. You say you bombed and uh, 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 killed this man to deter other people who may want to harm America. You had to set an example. This is what we're saying. We want the toughest penalties and, 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 and sentencing for these people to set an example for those people that have nefarious intentions towards black Americans. Apparently what you have been doing has not worked because for 475 to 520 years, we have still suffered atrocities at the hands of predominantly white America. White America has still been the biggest threat to black Americans here. So that's what we're saying. Listen, we need something to deter these people from killing us. You won't let us do it. You won't let us get a a drone and drop a bomb. You won't let us uh, you know, no, you won't turn them. At that point, they turn into family men. At that point, yeah. they turn into, you know, a shining officer with no reprimands and everything. Oh, yeah. At that point, it becomes, you know, and then we go to Uncle Pookie's um, picture, and Uncle Pookie ain't got his hair done, his mugshot looks yeah. crazy, he just woke yeah. up and everything else like yeah. that. And so we are constantly dehumanizing um, the African American, while lifting up these um, American officers that are doing horrific things. So all we're saying is, we got a couple of generals over here that need you to look into them too. If you're looking at like those generals, we got some generals over here that that really need some looking into. That's all we're saying. That's all we're saying. Like you said, we're not saying we're pro Iran. We're pro Iran. Uh, General Qasem Suleiman. What we are pro is right and exact, and what we are con is uh, hypocrisy. And we're pointing out a blatant hypocrisy. We're saying this, America, if you're going to address international issues, if you're going to stop a threat to American citizens internationally, internationally, if you're going to stop a threat to American citizens in Baghdad, y'all bombed this man in Baghdad, then please. Stop these rogue-ass police from killing us right here in your backyard. Exactly. That's all I'm saying. That's exactly. it. If you, if you can do all of that internationally, man, stop some of this stuff over here. Yes. And that's, our, yeah. that's what we at the People's Black Panther Party is saying. And that's what we're saying to black America. Listen, don't get caught up in this thing. Feel how you want to feel about it. Pro-Archon, hey, we should have killed them. Or, man, they shouldn't have did that. However you want to feel, but don't forget yourself in it. Say, that, that's what I mean. But when we put ourselves first, we can agree even when we disagree. You can be like, well, I think they should have killed him. He threatened us. And I can be like, well, I don't think they should. But one thing we need to come together on is they need to address them killing us over here. If they can do that, you agree with them doing it. I don't agree with them doing it. They did it. But, but one thing we should both be able to agree on is they need to do something about what's happening here. That's right, brother. That's right, brother. Then we can – see what I'm saying? We don't have to – We'll fall out about this. We will fall all. I've, they're falling out now on things. Some Muslims are taking <laughs> their pro Iran, mm-hmm. and then you got some going against them. Off. I'm like, look at these Negroes. These yep. Negroes who probably ain't voted a day in their damn life, <laughs> going back and forth about this when when you know when our issue isn't being addressed. I mean, it's just, it's, it's yeah. baffling sometimes. I mean, they they're into it too, seven. I mean, they're going back and forth. I know. I mean, and they're taking it so personal. And like oh. I said, again, we are passionate people. So I understand where that passion is coming from. And so, um, but what I need people to understand is don't be so passionate and so gun ho that you forget what the real problem is, okay? Exactly. The real problems are the things that keep you in poverty. And the real problems right. are the things that keep your family incarcerated. And the real problems yeah. are the ones that you have to wake up to, the ones that you can't escape. The one, no matter yeah. how passionate you are, you can't get around this. So don't mm-hmm. allow this machine to make you so passionate that you forget that we have some real troubles of our own right here. 
I think they call that blind passion or something, don't they? I don't know what it is. It's dangerous. Okay. Yeah. It, 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 <laughs> right. Right. Feelings hurt because you're gonna go all gun ho and you're gonna be. I'm in this. And I'm doing this for my country and I'm not an African American. I'm an American and you're gonna go right. all gun ho and you're gonna do this. And when America's finished, they're gonna be like, okay, African American. They're gonna yep. make sure that you understand that this is not going to change your ranking. See, we've already fought wars before. We've already mm-hmm. done all of this work yes, before. Yes. And they, we, came, we came right back to second-class citizens, which is why a lot of African-American soldiers didn't even want to come back to America because they got more respect being a man overseas than they did being a soldier for this country. In so America. many of them did it. Read the – you're right. And and just read the way – one of the things I was reading I, at one point in time, man, I was really – you know, reading about the black soldiers, just really into it. And one of the stories, like you said, especially during uh, uh, World War II, I believe, fighting Germany, they were saying they would come back and white German prisoners got to set up front with white American soldiers and were treated better than the black, white German prisoners now that were fighting them on the battle line, that were killing them. You want to talk about killing Americans? Shit. You know, so these white German soldiers were given better treat, treatment than black soldiers. You know, yeah. like you said, Vietnam, prisoners. same thing, coming prisoners. on from Vietnam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're talking uh, about prisoners. We're talking about other countries' prisoners, which yes. are better than our soldiers. Yes. They were our soldiers. our soldiers. They were killed yeah. before our soldiers. So yeah. I get real excited about my brown and black babies fighting in a war knowing that when they come back, they will go right back to being second-class citizens. I can't get excited about that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I can't get excited, like you said, and I can't get so emotional that because you parade some things, like I said, you know, I watch two stations in in, in the news, and I'm sitting there, listen, I need to charge these stations I'm about to call out because this is a plug for them. But I watch CNN and I watch Fox. I watch the CNN, of course, to get a more liberal perspective and more Democrat. Uh, I call it the Democratic Party news. Uh, and then I watch Fox to, you know, why to damn sure get that uh, right wing perspective to get these. Uh, uh, I call it the cracker news. <laughs> so anyway, you know, I'm I'm watching this back and forth, and while I'm watching this Fox News, they're sitting there and they got this person's picture flashing and they're talking about these crimes and I'm telling you, I this is when I knew I said, Man, I am a black nationalist. All the while they're running down this list of crimes that this person has committed or allegedly committed and I'm you know, all I'm hearing is white people. White America. I'm like, I'm hearing an indictment against white America for the murders, for the uh, ideological for being ideologically responsible for in America's ideology ideology one of racism one of capitalism one of uh, economic and uh, exploitation and other things to keep a people in a classist system to maintain a status quo absolutely do they use terrorist tactics absolutely police repression absolutely I mean some of the same things that not only accusing this man of but I've heard time and time again accusing other countries of human rights violations and this and that and practicing the same hypocrisy. This is nothing new. I practice the same thing and and, and, and being hypocrites. This is nothing new. Our dear brother Malcolm said that. He said when uh, America was condemning publicly, condemning apartheid, he said how can you condemn apartheid in South Africa and practice segregation in uh, in the South of America? Okay. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, okay. Fox is ridiculous. That's right. That's yeah. right. And you have to be able to see that because you have to be able to call it out. And you have to remember not to get passionate on and get on the wrong side of this history because America's already told us what side of history we belong on. So don't yep. think that this is going to automatically jumpstart us and put us on the other side of this historical understanding, okay? It's not. It never does. It never does. Well, listen, I'm traveling. Family, radio family, I'm off in Florida. Doing it. The weather's great. For those of you in cold climates, oh, man, listen, ha-ha. I am down here. The weather's wonderful. 
Uh, no, seriously, wish you guys could be with me. So I'm, we usually do our two hours. Going to do an hour this time uh, because of the everything that's going on. But I want to thank those who took the time out to listen in. I want to thank those ahead of time who will go back and listen on the radio. Check us out. I'm back with you. Check me out every other Sunday. Next Sunday coming up, I believe it'll be it's you, isn't it, Seven? It is. Big Mama's House. Big Mama's House. So listen for Big Mama's House. Check that out. Uh, and then after that, I'll be back with you. And then we have our chief of staff war coming up. You know, we're committed to, we're dedicated to trying to give it to you. Pardon the couple of lapses I had in my time. But we're really about informing the people, trying to um, politically educate to a degree so that we can begin to make informed decisions. I believe in informed people and empowered people. I honestly believe that. Uh, we're seven. Would you like to say any parting words before we close it out? No, I just want to let everybody know this is an important topic. Talk about it with your family, with your friends, in your circles, with your children. Make sure that your understanding is known within your community, okay? And don't We don't have to jump on any bandwagon. You can form your own thoughts and opinions about this, okay? That's, that's all I would ask people to do. Think for yourself in the middle of it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Think for yourself. Listen, with that be said, there again, I want to thank everyone. Check us out next time. I'm going to leave you as I greeted you. That's Wakusu. Wake up, king up, stand up. All powers to oppress people, African power to an African people, and black power. Black power. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.